I just want to thank my sister for blessing us with that song. I know it definitely ministered to everyone as it ministered to me. So I'm going to ask, how many conquerors do we have here in the house tonight? Because, you know, sometimes we have to encourage ourselves when there's nobody around, when our money is funny, when our family turns their back on us, when our friends are nowhere to be found. Whenever they need something, you can find a friend. But when we need something... It's so hard at times to have somebody that we can rely on. So just keep that in mind and make sure that you remember to encourage yourself when things are not going your way. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. First of all, I just want to thank God for... I thank the Father, excuse me, thank the Father for allowing us to have this platform and to be able to share with our brothers and sisters what he has placed on our hearts. And secondly, I want to thank Apostle Hardy and Dr. Hardy that They saw it not robbery to allow us to be able to to grow. This is a part of growth. In a lot of ministries, you have pastors that talk about it, but our father and first lady allow us to actually be a part of the plan. So I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I thank everyone for coming out tonight because I know there's a hundred other things that you can be doing, but I thank you for coming out tonight to support and encourage me. So I have been given the task of teaching on the exchange, the old man for the new man. I was given this assignment a couple of months ago, and for some reason, I just couldn't get it together. It wasn't until this week that it actually resonated in my heart, and the Father really spoke to me, and I believe that he wanted me to present this message in a way that everyone could relate to it. And to see that we are no longer, or we no longer have to be that old man. We no longer have to have sickness in our bodies. We no longer have to be poor. Jesus died on the cross so that we would have more. And that we would be able to fellowship with our Father. So, tonight, this teaching 
is personal for me because I feel like it's a combination of a death and a birth at the same time. For my old wretched self has died. What was in my past is no longer a part of my future. And I thank the Father for that. It took me many years to get to this point. And I know I'm not by myself when I say that my past has been a troubled one. I know that we've probably all experienced troubled past. But the one thing about that, the good thing about that is that the past is in the past. And so tonight, we're going to look back at our past one last time in the old man. And then from this day forward, we're going to celebrate what Jesus died for on the cross for us so that we no longer have to look in the past. We no longer have to look in the rearview mirror because we are new creatures in Christ. Amen? Okay. The scriptures are very clear that the child of God has two natures. And those two natures are the old man and the new man. It is important for us to know this truth. Because there is a lot of false doctrine that surrounds the misunderstanding of this truth. We have a standing and we have a state with our father. Our state varies, but our standing does not. Let me just give the definition of what our nature actually is. One's nature is our character, our temperament, our disposition, which we show by the way we behave. In Romans 5, 1 and 2, and A lot of these scriptures tonight, I'm going to be paraphrasing them. But just for reference, you have which scriptures that I'll be coming from. And it reads, our standing before the Father is justified by faith through the Father's grace, which is in Christ Jesus. And what it means when it says that we have a a state with the Father. Our state is our fellowship with the Father, and that can vary. The scripture says in 1 John 1, 6 through 10, that if we walk in darkness, 
we will not fellowship with the Father. But if we walk in light, we will have fellowship with the Father. And the blood of Christ will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you see, we have a choice. We have a choice whether we walk in the light or if we walk in darkness. So, what is the old man anyway? The old man is our flesh. Our physical body has a carnal mind. And to be carnal-minded is to be spiritually dead. Amen? And that is the opposite of what the life in Christ looks like. The old man is patterned after Adam, the common ancestor of mankind. In Romans 8, 2, it says that the old man is bound by the law of sin and death. And so, therefore, he cannot please the father. Which law you operate in determines whether you live in victory or if you live in defeat. So once again, we have a choice. Another representation of the old man. The old man consists of a corruptible mortal body, which is the flesh. Your flesh is physical. There's a human body, and it has lust, appetites, and habits. Once again, that is a choice. It's not like we don't know what is right. That's what the word is here for. We have to make it up in our minds so when we actually pray the prayers and we ask the Father to renew our minds, we have to make sure that we are actually willing to be obedient to that. When we ask for something, and the Father gives it to us, we have to be obedient. For the carnally minded is death, because the carnal mind is antagonistic against the Father. So the carnal mind really has a mind of its own, and it's fighting against all the good that the Father has for us. For it is not subject to the law of the Father, neither indeed can it be. So then they too are in the flesh, 
and cannot please the Father. There's a famous author that I like to refer to his, um, a quote from him, and it's from Charles Spurgeon. And he said that as the salt flavors every drop in the Atlantic Ocean, so does our sin. So when we sin, it affects everything. And not only does it affect everything, but it affects those that are around us. We are supposed to set the example for our children. We've been given a new life, a new life in Christ. And if we don't stay connected to the source, to our Father, the enemy is not going to stop coming after us. We have to stay connected to the source. There are several consequences that come from sin. And I'll read a couple of those to you. And it's from Galatians 5, 19 through 21. First one is pride and arrogance. Next one is selfishness. Then there's unforgiveness. And in the old man, we have a natural inclination to sin. There's sexual immorality. There's impurity. There's a passion that evil desires. And then there's covetousness, which is idolatry. Anything that we make more important than our father is a part of idolatry. We have to understand that the Father is our source. So a lot of times, and especially our children, they don't understand this, but they look up to these rap artists today, and all they see is this fast money. And that's what they're going after, this fast money. But we have to show them who the Father really is. And sometimes it's going to take a lot more than just words. It takes actions. And we have to explain it to them and not do like when I was younger, my mother used to say, well, 
do what I say, and there was no explanation behind it. That was it. I didn't have a choice. But today, the youth of today are so much different than we were when we were younger. And it's not about trying to be their best friend. It's about listening to them sometimes and creating a relationship with them like the Father wants to have with us. With the old man, we were not only born with our parents' genes and DNA, but mixed in with that is our genes and DNA from our grandparents and our great-grandparents and our great-great-grandparents. But the good news is, with the new man, we only have our father's genes and DNA. And so, with the mixture from the old man, it produces a byproduct. And that byproduct is we were orphans. We had the old man's spirit, and we lived in sin, and we were under the law. But the exchange came with the blood, and so we were made right with the right standing with the Father. So we are no longer orphans. We are now sons and daughters. We went from the old man's spirit to the new man's spirit. We went from living in sin to living in peace. We went to being under the law to living under grace. And I don't know about you, but no money in the world can make up for peace. Just to have peace of mind. If I had a million dollars and I had a choice between a million dollars and peace, I would choose peace any day. Okay, so we learned about the old man's spirit and his sinful nature. But in order to understand about the new man, we have to go back to the beginning. And at the beginning is where we learn the pinnacle of our father's creative purposes and his original plan for mankind. In Genesis 1, 26 through 28, and this is from the New Living Translation, it reads, 
Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and govern it. Important truths arise from this account in Genesis 126 through 28. First, we see the word us. Us is referring to the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Second, we see the commission of mankind. He commissioned man to bear this Trinitarian image of the Father. The Father created humanity, body, soul, and spirit, to mirror him. And then he established them in the divine institution and called it family. And as a family, we were to reproduce in his image. Therefore, the goal of the people in general, especially the family in particular, is to mirror the Father in the visible realm. And that is predicated on his reality in the invisible realm. The family unit is to serve as a visible photograph of the Father himself. So I ask the question, how many of us are mirroring the Father today? And if we're not, there's no condemnation. We have a chance to get it right. Okay, so this is something that I really want you guys to see. So, how many of you think that Genesis was the beginning? No? Okay, good, good. You all passed the test. <laughs> all right. So, Genesis was not the beginning. And the reason why I know this is because... It says in Jeremiah 1.5 that we knew the Father. I knew the Father before he formed us in our mother's womb. Before we were born, we were set apart. And we were appointed for him. 
Okay, watch this. It first started in eternity because nothing existed. So in order for something to begin, there had to be something to begin. (laughs) So the father had a plan. And his plan is revealed to us in Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, the Father created the heavens and the earth. And so, before Genesis 1-1, there was no heaven and there was no earth. So, that's the proof that there was nothing. So in Genesis 3 and 6, when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit in the garden, at that very moment, sin entered the world. But that wasn't a surprise to the father. He already knew that. Just like he had a plan for his children He already knew what was going to happen, and it was no surprise to him, and he already had a plan. And that plan is how the new man was birthed. And so that brings us to the question of what is the new man? The new man is our inward man. And is a new creature. He is created in righteousness and true holiness. He is renewed in knowledge after the image of our brother, Jesus Christ. It is the new man created when we are born again of the Father's spirit. The new man is not physical It is a spiritual mind that minds the things of the Father. The new man cannot sin and is separated from the body of the sins of the flesh. When a man is born again, and this is coming from Colossians 2, 11 through 13, and once again, I'm paraphrasing. When a man is born again, he is spiritually circumcised, And the body of the sins of the flesh is separated from the soul. And so comes forth the spirit man. How many of you have a lot to be thankful for in our Father. I know there are times when we complain, and it may seem that we have a lot to complain about. But in reality, we are truly blessed 
The Father loves us. And he shows us that each and every day. All we have to do is look and see. But the enemy doesn't want us to think that the Father loves us. And so he continuously puts these evil thoughts into our minds. But today, I'm telling you that we are new creatures in Christ. The new man is created in righteousness and true holiness, renewed in knowledge after the image of Jesus Christ. He that created us, the new man, and that came from Ephesians 4.24. I really didn't think that I was going to be able to come before you today. I really struggled with it. But once I just thought about the goodness of my father, I said, nothing's going to stop me. Each and every one of us have a gift from the father. And we should take advantage of those gifts and share those gifts with our brothers and sisters because there's so many people that don't have a place that they can call home, like divine generations. And if it wasn't for divine generations, I wouldn't be here today. So I thank you. And I love you all. In Jesus' name, amen. say this um, real quick. Tom, you mind if I just share a little bit of our relationship? Okay. Um, yeah, bring it now. Um, <laughs> amen. This is just a, a definitely a small token um, of our appreciation. The children threw some stuff in there. We threw some stuff in there. Um, 
some people contributed as well. And so we just really want to bless you with it. And we do. We thank, we thank God for you. Tanya was like, like Ola and Tanya was like one of our first members. Our first members. Um, you can go ahead and give it to her. Um, And I wanted to share with you guys why this means so much to me. And me and Tanya met. Um, Tanya was a client of mine um, from my practice, my private practice. And I remember, I'm going to try to do this without crying. I remember the, f- the first day we met. Um, we talked about a lot of things, and mm. let me say this first: the disadvantage of not knowing somebody's story is that you can't see the glory of their life that illuminates from them. When Tanya came to see me, she probably was on the brink of suicide. She was highly depressed, extremely anxious. Huh? She did try to kill herself. And from her story, what she does, and I'll let her tell you her testimony. I won't go into great detail, but she definitely got a story to tell. But my heart went out to her. And and just like, you know, when they tell police officers, don't promise anybody <laughs> that you'll find their child or something like that. They tell you when you're doing counseling, don't promise people that they're going to get better. I've only done that twice. She was one of them. And I told her, I remember telling her, I said, Tanya, I said, I promise you, you coming out of this. We met. Now, this was before the whole coronavirus kicked off. We met in 2018. We literally met. She came to my private practice twice a week. Twice a week for how long? Two years? For two years. Twice a week we met for two years. There was times that she wanted to make it to me, but she couldn't. She would call me and say, can't get out the bed. I'm depressed. I I need to go to the store, but I can't get out the bed. I'm anxious. I'm in the car. I'm at the store, but I can't get out the car. I need to go inside the store. Just to show you the level of depression that was upon her. So it took a lot that's why that song meant so much to her. It's a lot of times that I had to encourage her 
my husband, Apostle Hardy, had to encourage it. As a lot of times, she had to encourage herself. So to just see her get up here and do it. is for me means to me more than anything because I rem- it reminds me of what Paul was saying to the church and he was telling them that he didn't want his labor to be in vain and I just thank God that everything that we labored for and everything that we prayed for, because it was constant, it was a constant back and forth. Tanya, have you prayed today? Tanya, you went in your secret place today. Tanya, have you read today? Tanya, read the devotions today. It, it was, it was, it was a constant process of growth. But she hung in there. I hung in there because I believe God was going to bring her out. So I do. We celebrate you. I celebrate you. You did it. <laughs> you got up here. You did it. <laughs> Amen. And there's only more to come. So we do. We we thank God to you. And like I say, that's just a small morsel of everything. When I tell you, she does so much just for me. Oh, you know, it's his. I know she be telling me, you know, it's just my way of thanking you for everything you did for me. But... She does so much for me, too. She makes sure I'm okay as far as here in ministry is concerned. She, you know, does a whole bunch of administrative things for me. And I'm not even going to talk about my children. If she sees a need that she feels like, she don't even ask me. If she sees a need, whether it's, you know, because my, my kids definitely, they definitely not in need of anything. They just spoiled as ever. But for her, like, she sees something, she just gets it for them. She just gets, she just lavished them. Then on top of that, I'm telling you guys, I know I could probably just talk forever, but she has done for me some things that my own family never did for me. When she threw me my first, when I tell you my first, my first birthday party, she was the one. She threw me a surprise birthday party at my house. At my house. They got me, too. Because I didn't know nothing. Absolutely nothing. But it was all her. It was all her. My own mother and my own father never celebrated my birthday. And for her to do that for me, it was it was a lot for me to take in. So I thank God for you, I do. And I know it's just more to come. Amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and our heart is just so big. Yeah, yeah. Her heart is just so, so, so big. Lord, she just gives and gives and gives. The woman don't know how to stop giving.
It was yesterday, so it's all good. Uh, just wanted to present you with a little token from us um, to Shambi and I. And the packaging is important because there's a lot of stuff inside, but all of it is purple. And it's sweet because you're a sweetheart. Oh, thank you. And, <laughs> thank you. and um, the, the color represents passion and your passion for Christ and your passion for um, just ministering to us individually in your own way. I want you to know that um, I appreciate it. And I'm telling you, I'm rotten. I had six grandmamas. I'm telling you, I'm rotten. And I and I appreciate it. They're not here, but I appreciate everything that you do, your sweetness and everything. Thank you. And um, let them keep using you.